Well, hey, on the 10th episode of Pete's in a Podcast, we do a quick election recap. We talk about wedding situations and roles. Talk about the top lunches we used to have as a kid. What constitutes a sport. And we finish it off with Pete's picks. Take one. Well, I just want to make, oh, so you are going, because there's no lights on or anything. So Because it's on the other side. You're so pretty. Uh, I don't care what they say about that's you. A, that's a good thing. You're pretty smart and wise. Welcome back. Pete's in a podcast. We've missed you. Episode 10. This is a big episode for us. Monumental. Like a decade. We are a decade of episodes old. Somehow. Podcast years. Most people haven't really been here for 10 episodes though, probably, right? No, but like we hit 344 total plays as of the recording of this, which is like Who'd have thunk? I know. We're, we're popular guys. What can I say? Who'd have thunk any of this? Help, help us get more popular. Uh, follow us on Instagram, at Pizza in a Podcast. Send us emails. Guys, no one wanted to email us? Send us emails. Send a DM. Yeah. Slide into the DMs. Like, They're open. We've got really my strong gift like, game. My wife won't like that. Yeah, the gift game is strong. But anyway. I'll answer the DMs. Yeah, that's that's fine. Uh Pizza in a podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us any thoughts or questions. But um, yeah, wow, what a week. This has been. What a fucking week. I'll tell you, thank God that therapy is on Fridays <laughs> because I am sliding into this week just headfirst Pete Rose style, except each of the bases is just a giant paper shredder. And you're betting too. So that's part of the Pete Rose Betting, there's been analogy. Touche. <laughs> he just he just took his hat off and tipped his cap to me. Which... The the white Goodman from dodgeball. <laughs> Touche. So it's been quite a week. Uh, it's it hasn't been election day. It's been election week in this, America. This is the basic white girl birthday of election results. This is not just <laughs> wow. going to be a week. It's going to be a bir- it's going to be election month. It's a birthday month. It's an election month. Yeah. No, it really has been. Um I don't know like I mean uh, listen, we're not going to get too political here, folks. We're, we're going to talk about some of the stuff here that has just created this clusterfuck of a week. But <laughs> like yeah, like I like I saw this coming. I think a lot of people saw this coming. Yeah. Like, I think Pennsylvania had announced, like, last week that they were going to start counting, like, the mail-in ballots at 8 p.m. on Tuesday. And I was like, okay, that that's just not going to go well. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> seems like a mistake. Seems like it might be a mistake a little bit. Um, so, basically, what has transpired is we still don't know who the fuck our president's going to be. And even if we do get a president, um, there's going to be like lawsuits and it's going to get very, very weird for the next few months. Everybody's going to contest everything. I think Trump's already sued the state of Michigan. He's already sued like three or four states. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be a shit show. It's going to be right on par with the rest of 2020, if we're being quite honest. I mean, like this is the election that 2020 seeked, obviously. Yeah, just to go along with everything else. But that's not really what I want to talk about. It's what I really want to talk about is like, do you get do you get into all this? Like are like are you like watching CNN, Fox News, ABC, CBS, whatever? Are you watching this constantly throughout all this? Or like how do you take this? I don't. I take a very hands-off approach because what will be will be. And 
frankly, none of this is really going to impact us until either Biden is the new president or Trump stays the president on January 2nd or whenever it is. Right. Um, It's probably a good approach to take. It's honestly, with the exception of Oregon, like decriminalizing meth and heroin and all the hard drugs. Yeah. Listen, (laughs) they're not that far from Vegas. (laughs) Things might get interesting in Portland, Oregon over the next few years. <laughs> what happens in Portland, we're not going to be able to tell you because we're all going to be high on bath salts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just self-destruct just, in yeah. Portland. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. That's probably the, the best approach to take. You know, a lot of people get like super stressed and like I get it. Like, you know, if you really believe one way or the other, like totally get that. For me personally, I do get into it. I will watch. I will watch every breakdown of every county. Like that's just interesting to me. But nerd. I don't yeah, thanks. <laughs> I don't get stressed like one way or the other. Like you said, you cannot control outside of your own ballot. There's literally nothing you can do. So just relax. Just just watch. Just, just you know, sh- if, if you can. Shut like, up and watch with the rest of us. And if you're happy, celebrate with Netflix. And if you're sad, eat ice cream in despair with Netflix. Right. Netflix. Or Hulu, right. HBO Max. There's a bevy of things that you can turn your brain off to. Pornhub. Pornhub. <laughs> I mean, if we're being real. The, the, um, the Mary Jane is now legal in like half the states that put up for it now. Like You've got options. <laughs> Talk to us. Reach out to us. You We're pl- here to comfort you. You have plenty of vices that you can default to for sure. Um, but yeah, the riots are starting. Just have there we're, already been riots? We're yeah, we're on the verge of anarchy. Like like it just it's just gonna get ugly. And amidst all of this anarchy, the real winner of election day. John King. Biggest John King fan right here. CNN's John King is a stud, superstar of the election. For those of us who have no idea who the fuck that is. (laughs) Okay, well, this is a problem because he deserves the respect. John King is the guy on CNN who is at the touch the touchpad wall like the the massive ipad tv that he touches and he he zooms in on each state and then he's going into each county and he's breaking down the votes and then he's going to 2016 and showing you the different results then he's zooming back out and he's going to nevada then he's going to colorado then he's going to florida and he's just spewing fucking facts at you so he's business john madden yeah he's fucking insane political john madden political business John Madden. Yeah. And, and, and I just, listen, I'm here for all of it. I, I don't know if there's a bigger John King fan out there than me. And I saw him trend, uh, trending on Twitter on Tuesday night. And I was genuinely happy for the man, a master of his craft, finally getting recognized. That's like, um, Oh crap. I'm blanking on his name. He went to St. Joe's. He's the bracketology guy. Yeah. Joe Lenardi. Joe Lenardi. Yeah. <laughs> he gets like, this is his moment. You know, once every at once every period well yeah i mean you get once a year like yeah like joe lenardi comes out from like february to march madness yeah john king election night every year just crushes it he just brings it out you know what good for him that seems like that's got to be like the ultimate slackers dream job (laughs) it's like backup quarterback in the nfl because you don't do much and then be one of these like I mean, you could say that, but like color commentators, you could say that, but it's like it, to give you another sports analogy, it's like Mel Kuyper, right? It's like Mel Kuyper comes out for NFL draft and that's it. But it's like you better not fucking miss when you're t- it's your time to shine. He's also on reruns of Friends as Chandler, <laughs> <laughs> but you got to have that clutch gene. Yeah, I mean, you really do. I mean, that's your night, like one opportunity. Like go and lose straight, lose yourself. All right. So who's your goat color commentator, sports and politics? Well, what from like just in general, like we talking Joe King or we talking Tony Romo, John King, whatever. Don't insult the man. Tiger King. Who? (laughs) 
Oh, if I oh, if I had to name like one, like who is your oh. ultimate color commentator? If you had to have one for the rest of your life, like just in every facet, in any color commentatable facet, <laughs> that's really hard. Do you have Do you have one? If you're gonna pose such a, that's how am I gonna narrow down all these people? I tend to find myself you know, outside of obviously leaning towards John Madden because I think that he's just... Yeah, I think I'm going Mike Francesa. I know he's not even a play-by-play guy, but like if I had someone who could just comment on like everything, probably Mike Francesa. Oh my God. How are we friends? I fucking love Mike Francesa. Um, could you, do, imagine, do you, Mike, give, could you imagine Mike Francesa on CNN or oh, Fox News? There's no chance. Or- there's no chance. People don't know Mike Francesa, so I can't I can't talk about this too much. Mike, Mike Francesa is on the BBC just talking <laughs> there, about there's politics. No, there's, for those of you who know Mike Francesa, there's no chance Mike Francesa can operate the magic wall on CNN. I don't think he knows how to operate the white or the yellow little pen that you have on the tablet. <laughs> no, def, definitely not. Um, but but yeah, it just it just kind of crazy. I, like to get away from John King because trust me, I'll talk about this for twenty minutes. But like. <laughs> Just it's just crazy all the shit that's like happening, and like just based around this whole week. Like to me, the like one of the craziest things for sure right now is like the stock market. Yes, right. Like you would think, right? Like wouldn't you assume a time where there's so much uncertainty would create a lot of volatility in the stock market? So there has been. I mean, first of all, it's 2020. There's volatility. So like- yeah, I mean, listen. Well, there's volatility every day, right? But I'm just saying, like, you would think for such an uncertain time politically, like, you would think that that would affect the stock market either negatively or just up and fucking down. And and the market's been nothing but up this week. So that's interesting, right? At the end of October, you saw some pretty significant lows. I think the S&P closed at, like, 32.70. And it's been taking off since. Right. I, you know, for the life of me, I can't imagine why it's going up or down, given the the uncertainty. You would expect it to almost be kind of stagnant at this point. Right. But just going up and down day to day, you would think. Yes. Uh, What I will say is, you know, regardless of who wins, I don't think it's going to be going up for too much longer. Um, Yeah. From like a technical resistance standpoint. 35, 34 is like a pretty substantial technical ceiling. For those of you who don't know what technicals are, basically when computers uh, buy and sell stocks and like high frequency funds, they do it based upon like uh, graphs and patterns of the line that the stock has gone. Um, but I you would expect. Me a I did this professionally for a little bit. I know, but you know. Listen, go, go watch Don King. John King. He's on. He's been on for three straight days. Salty. <laughs> poor man. Listen, I ha- I don't have cable. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think, listen, it is interesting though, right? Because we're doing this on Thursday, November 5th. I mean, looks like Biden probably will win. So, yeah. It would be pretty curious. Like today, it looked at all day today too. So the fact that the market still went up a decent amount of points is interesting. Um, I know that I know the tech stocks have been going through the fucking roof this week. Yeah, it, it would so. appear that the people have spoken. The stock market has spoken. Right. They they've expected Biden to be the winner. I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll put it th- I'll put it this way. Sorry, were you were you gonna say something? I was gonna just you know offer a congratulations, but. I had nothing else really oh. to that. Oh, okay. Well, no, what I was going to add is here's ultimately this is the most political we'll get right here. Okay. No matter who wins the election, what do you think is going to happen the second that a vaccine for the virus is is discovered? What do I actually think? From a stock market standpoint. Stocks are going to go up. Biotech stocks are going to go up. 
CPG stocks are going to go down. Um, travel stocks will go up. Travel stocks Airlines, will go up. Hotels, casinos. And insurance companies, I think, will go down because they're not going to know what's going to happen to the um, – with the the vaccine until it's proven. Fair enough, but but wouldn't you say from a public standpoint, most people would be more willing to put money back into from, the stock from, market? Yes. From, from a public perception standpoint, you'll see an ultimate swing up in the overall stock market because just consumer sentiment will be through the roof. At Correct. That point. So my point is, no matter who the fuck is in office, once that happens, the stock market's going to go up, and either candidate whether it's Trump, whether it's Biden, they're going to tell you, I'm the reason the stock market went up. I did a great job with the economy. And it's going to be like, no, someone in a fucking lab finally found a vaccine. And that's why the stock market went up. Coral so, caused the stock market <laughs> to go up. So let's be real. Like, yeah, I, I think a lot of that is really overhyped is what I was trying to say is like, whether it's Biden or Trump. Yes, of course, from a policy standpoint, things are going to make a difference. But especially in this pandemic once the i think once the the vaccine is found you're going to see green for a lot of you know yeah for a short period of time. i i think especially from like retail and like mom and pop invest investors 100%. they're going to be investing left and right the like the big investment firms mutual funds the hedge funds already i wouldn't be shocked if they've had their positions in and their hedged positions in probably yeah for weeks if not months right but yeah no it's interesting i mean you know you know just like how this whole thing is going to play out and it's still playing out and it's like there's going to be moments coming up over i feel like the next few days when you're going to be like holy shit i like remember exactly where i was when xyz happened like i'm going to uh, a wedding Tomorrow. I was going to say, where are you going to be? Yeah, I'm going to a wedding tomorrow. And I'm like just so curious as to like what might happen if like shit fucking hits the fan like during this wedding. Like that, like that's totally a real like possibility. Oh, know? absolutely. I, I have to ask if you're the DJ or like the lead singer of the band that's performing that wedding, do you stop and tell people? Or do you just that's keep your really, mouth shut? That's a really it? tough spot. I think you probably have to keep your mouth shut because you probably don't have the capability to read the room at that point. Oh, and, no. And, like, you don't know, like, if you're a pro-Trump room or pro-Biden room. Yeah. Like, you could end up, like, kind of fucking up the vibe. And I, I doubt any bride really wants to hear political news, like, yeah. in the middle of the dance floor while – uh, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire is playing. Regardless, Great Aunt Carol's going to be pissed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either way. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, so speaking of the wedding, I have what I think is the ideal scenario for the wedding. Talk to him. Okay. It is two of my best friends. Okay. Great people. Great people. Shout out Matt and Nat. Congratulations. A little early congratulations. Congratulations. Um, we can edit that out if things don't work out so well. Yeah, we, yeah. Hours. I'm sure. I'm sure things will go great. I highly doubt. I, that. Matt can't run that fast, so no, we'll catch. We'll catch him. So he can't run anywhere. <laughs> um, but um, I have the ideal scenario. So two very good friends of mine. Mm -hmm. Very small wedding party. How big are we talking wedding party? I think four or five. Oh, that's dainty. Very small, which there's nothing wrong with that. Not to each their own. But the great part about that is, and I'm not saying I would have been asked to be in the wedding, but I'm just saying like there was no chance with that small of a wedding party I was going to be asked. So I have the ideal situation because it's two very good friends of mine. I'm very excited for this wedding. And I have zero wedding responsibilities. That's a good one. I am along for the ride all fucking night. <laughs> Which means a lot of old fashions, a lot, a lot of fucking moving around the cocktail hour, a little moving and a little shaking, shaking, little moving and shaking around the cocktail hour, kissing hands, shaking babies. That's it. I can, nine. I can move all around. I'm not tied to anything. 
And my wife is in the wedding, which means I'm going solo for like a lot of this wedding. Free pass. Free pass. You don't need to get two pass around hors d'oeuvres. No, no. Like, you get. No. You're saying, I'm like, getting two plates, and they're both for me. Oh, um, can I get a uh, a second pig in a blanket? It's for my wife. Yeah. Psych. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. Just fooled you, Josh. Second pig in a blanket's for me. Um, yeah. Two drinks at a time. You know, like this is totally like this is totally going to be a great night. Uh, like I'm definitely going to be hurting on Saturday. That that makes sense. Yeah, but like, so I I definitely think that that is like the best. And by the way, I love being in like. Don't get me wrong. No, for any of my friends out there, I love being in weddings. Okay, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's nice to be in that situation. Do you do you agree? So I do, depending on the wedding. I've for those of you who are still getting to know uh, my partner to my right and myself, I have been. I'm the male equivalent of 27 dresses. <laughs> My resume is outstanding. I married and served as co-best man to Mr. Canero here. I've been a best man at another wedding. I've been a bridesman once. I've been a man of honor once. I've been an usher. I've been like. You played every role. I've been everything but the damn bride and groom. Yeah. There is no better role. Always the bridesman. Never, Always the bridesman, never the bride. Never the bride. <laughs> um, let me tell you, the best role that I think that you can play is the groomsman of a bigger wedding party. Here's why. Yeah, I, I, I've done this, and I, you're right. Go ahead. You get to dress up, like you, you get to like wear the traditional garb, so like people know that you're a big enough deal without you being too big of a deal. Right. You can get drunk before the wedding when everybody's getting ready and there's just that those like three giant handles of Woodford Reserve in the corner. Right. You're the that that's also the guy with the with the Jameson shooters in his, in his jacket. Yeah. He's got Jameson shooters in one pocket, he's got a flask in the other just in case. I think that that is the the pinnacle role. There's very little responsibility, but you're yeah. like you're still a part of it, and you don't need to show up as early as the ushers. This is like just like that that piece in chess, like just above the pawn. Like you get the status, you get to be on the back row, yeah. But you you're, don't do a lot. You don't add a lot. You're a bishop. You're a bishop. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe a rook. Going a little diagonal, maybe like well. <laughs> When I'm in that situation, I tend to be a knight. I can't really go in one straight direction. <laughs> you're definitely, yeah. I get the joke now. Yeah, you're definitely walking diagonally by the end of the night. Yeah, I'm slow on that one. Bumbling, stumbling. Yeah. Uh, but what I will say, the best part about not being in the wedding and, and in the situation that you're in is, <laughs> you're in, you have the opportunity before the cocktail hour, if it's at like two different places. Mm -hmm. to go and stop off at a bar for a few drinks as the pregame before the cocktail hour. So you're going in there nice right. and lubricated. Right. You're like the guy who douses himself in dawn before sliding down the uh, the slip and slide at an outdoor <laughs> backyard barbecue. Yeah. You can also get away very easily with like the flask and like the whole thing. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the fringe wedding party guy – Meaning like the fringe, like groomsmen or fringe, yes. fringe uh, bridesmaid. Yeah, that's that's pretty close to number one. I agree. I, I think that's that's great. Like just know what because people know you're a big deal. Like you get some hype that way. Like, yeah, yeah. You're. It's just like being the backup quarterback. Right. Right. Big enough deal. Right. Making good money. N making good money. Don't have to do a whole lot. Just not, stand there and look pretty. Yes. Stand there, look pretty, and not so big of a deal where you got to talk to the press. Right before everybody eats. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe the best part about not being part of the wedding is from a food standpoint. Yes. Like this is this is for me why it's just above the fringe, the fringe wedding party person that you can eat like whatever the fuck you want. And like, you know what? 
if you get a little penne sauce on the shirt, like it's not the end of the world. Like no one's really taking a picture of you. Like you can very much be that background noise kind of person. Yeah. You're, you're the woo guy after the, <laughs> after the best man speech when they make like a questionable comment that nobody really gets the joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a good support system. You're, you're Orlando Brown. There you go. But, uh, you know, really while we are getting on the topic of food, I'm going to switch <laughs> gears here. I had a just random craving the other day. Yeah. And obviously still working from home. You know what I fucking whipped up for lunch the other day? Let's hear it. An old school grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, stop it. Oh, yeah. I, I pulled out the whole thing. I had the craft singles. Somehow, I don't know why we had craft singles. <laughs> we never have craft singles in the house. We somehow had craft singles. I had the bread. I had a fresh tub of butter. Oh, it was fucking own. fantastic. Uh, it like it just really hit the spot. And I don't know. It was just such a random craving. I don't know why. What came over me? It was just like, you know what? I could really go for that. I haven't had in like years. Nice grilled cheese sandwich. I love a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, of course, who doesn't? It brings me back to childhood. How do you make yours? Because I think that we've had some disputes with some non-believers or people who don't know how to make well, first a traditional. Of all, first of all, if you don't cheese. put yeah, if you don't put butter in the pan, like you're just having dry bread. You might as well just put it in the toaster oven. Like so so take a take me through your process. Yeah, so I uh I take a decent amount of butter. A knob? A big yeah, like I'll throw the knife in there, but it's like a you whip that bad boy like like you're cutting like a nice thin sheet of like paper. So you get like the whole top layer of butter. Like you're pitching out of the rough on a fluffy line. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I'm duffing behind the ball for sure. Um so then that goes in the pan, you heat the pan. So the butter gets melted. You put your first piece of bread down. Is that bread naked? What do you mean? Is it naked? What do you mean? What do I mean? Are you doing? Are you manipulating the bread at all, or are you just like butter bread? Well, well. So the the butter's in the pan. You put the bread down. Okay. So the bottom is now soaking some of the, in butter. the butter. Yeah. Yeah. Put the cheese very quickly. You put the top piece of bread on top and then you let that sit and then you flip and your cheese gets melted and you get a nice toasty bread at the same time. Nice buttery bread. I'm starting to understand why you're in a lot better shape than I am. <laughs> um, am I doing it wrong? I don't think that's you're wrong. You're doing it the healthy way. You're doing like, I mean, there's a lot of butter in there. Like, and a lot of cheese and a lot of cheese. I didn't clarify how many slices of cheese I use. So, Regardless, <laughs> how much cheese do you use for the listeners? Uh, four or five slices. I like it cheesy. I like a cheesy one. That's cute. I remember my first grilled cheese. How many slices of cheese are you through? You can't throw here's, any more than that. Here's what you do. Because, and I'm saying this out of love. Your first mistake, not enough butter. Oh, come on. How much more butter can I put? Listen, I, I, Do you put it on, butter on the inside of the bread? I butter every piece of that bread with the exception of the crust. Oh, really? Absolutely. Here's why. How do you butter it? But wait, you're buttering an untoasted piece of bread. You're damn right I am. Because the, you're just splattering it throughout the because bread. Because the heat melts the butter and, and then it I, gets it to seep right. into the bread. Right. It absorbs just like when you're having a really good pancake at a diner. Right. I will admittedly go, you know, four or five pieces of cheese. Depending, I like equal coverage as well as height. <laughs> I'm big on breadth and depth. Breadth and depth. Nice. I like that. Bread, B-R-E-A-D. Yeah, I know what you did there. Yeah, that was funny. Then you hit it on the other side as well. Uh -huh. It's it's critical. That's a lot of butter. It, all right. <laughs> sounds like a personal problem. I did really judge you there, but that's a lot of butter. Listen, wow. Do you really want to be past 68? 
<laughs> um, if uh, if you butter the top piece of bread, that means that when you flip it over, it's like it's virgin butter on a hot frying pan. Yeah, it melts, it sizzles. You get that nice crisp, like that. I get that too. I don't. I, don't, I get that too. Yeah, but you're using recycled butter. No, point. it's not. Because that is, you are getting no, the it's first not. Bre- side of the bread sloppy seconds. No, it's not because when I put the one piece of bread down, I leave it in that spot. So then when I flip the sandwich over, it is now on the other part of the b- melted butter. And then I sh- swish it around the pan a little bit, get all the extra butter, and voila. I'm sorry. Speaking for our estimated 42 listeners um, – I'm sure they would all like to hear what you did to the bread swish, in the pan. Swish, 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 swish around the pan. But uh, it's in a podcast ASMR edition. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh god, that's a bonus episode, <laughs> premium only. Um, but some favorite things to add: I've thrown bacon in there. You can throw a tomato or two in there. Especially, I have a little garden, you know, cut up a little tomato, throw it in there. Oh, tomato, some cheese. Yeah, that's a nice one. I'm, I'm big on the tomato. Sorry to cut you off, but just before you say anything, the to- if you could, if I had a tomato soup, I would have that on the side for a little Dunkaroo action. You get like a nice sharp Vermont cheddar or a Wisconsin cheddar with the yeah. tomato soup. Now we're talking. Yeah. Or if you want to get a little wily and you go with some of the softer Italian cheeses, maybe a little mutz. Yeah, you you could you could pepper jack and a grilled cheese probably pretty good. So I like pepper jack. I do a little bit of salsa. Oh, interesting. I could see that. L- yeah, little, a little like Tex Mex grilled little cheese. Little Newman's own. It's <laughs> you're you're making like a Tex Mex grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I'm down with that. That's it's, cool. It's a continental meal. It's just <laughs> a little vague on which continent. <laughs> but um. But like, yeah, anyway, we obviously rambled way too long about grilled cheese here. Well, Never well it, was a, it was important to be. It deserved I th- I, a lot yeah, of Yeah, it really did. You're right. I take that back. But like that really made me thinking like what what were some of like the top lunches you had as a kid growing up? So obviously grilled cheese is like Mount Rushmore level, right? Like, I think so. Are we talking homemade or are we talking like if it was a good day? What are you talking about, like a school lunch or like a like stay from home? Day? I'm thinking like a charcuterie board junior lunchables. Oh, lunchables without question on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, yes. Now I think the it's charcuterie board. Yes. Char- the the pizza one. The pizza was the top top pick. The pizza. You got the pizza with the little like the crunch bar in the bottom yep. corner. Yeah. Like oh my own. And and like. Whoever was lucky enough to have the pizza, they were always the one who would like spread the sauce so carefully. Yes. On their cracker, you know, and and then they would and then they would like do like this was before Salt Bay, but they would totally Salt Bay like the mozzarella cheese like on <laughs> on the cracker. I think Salt Bay started that because he saw a kid do that to a right. Lunchables pizza. Or maybe he was that Lunchables kid. Maybe he was lucky enough to be that kid. It was that's amazing. I I think truly the charcuterie board and the and the pizza were the two best Lunchables. Yeah, I don't think it's even close. Right? Those had to be the best too. I think those are necessary. Um, I know that this doesn't pertain to our uh, anti-nut folk. But peanut butter and jelly or yeah. peanut butter and fluff. Oh, was that with the marshmallow? That was that marshmallow like spread. Yeah. So so I am I I did I did develop a nut allergy, but as a kid I did have a lot of peanut butter and jellies. Yeah. That was I think I had peanut butter and jelly every year or every day during the first grade. Yeah. Now would your mother would she toast? Would she toast the bread or are you like untoasted for the PB&J? No, mine came with a clementine. I had a sandwich and clementine. No, no, no. But I'm saying the bread. The no, bread. I, it was very. Very like, fuck ate, it. I, this is, ate, you're getting this in two minutes. You eat yeah. what you get. If you want to make a, if you want a fancy lunch, you make the fancy lunch. I was just asking, you know. It's, I was just asking. 
the toasted peanut butter and, uh, and jelly. My mother did make that for me a couple times as a kid. Well, someone was loved. Definitely a game. <laughs> definitely a game changer. I, I've no, I don't now, know if I've ever had toasted yeah. PB&J oh, yeah. well, ever. Yeah. Well, now, now that I, I did develop a nut allergy, um, I do use sunflower butter instead right. of peanut butter. So I'll do like sun sun butter and jelly. Ranch flavored. <laughs> Not David sunflower seeds, but. Uh, but I do toast the bread always now beforehand. Yes. Now it melts the the whatever. I'm I'll say pe- I'm not having peanut butter. The butter. But yeah, the the peanut butter part for me it's sun butter. Like that really does kind of melt a little bit, which yes. is awesome. That with the hot like toasted bread, you know. I, so I, I should probably recant my prior statement. I've never had it on like white bread, but I have toasted a bagel. Oh yeah, and sm- oh, I'll do you one further. Some PB on that. I'll do you one further. Talk dirty to me. on an English muffin. Oh fuck, that is some good shit right there. Well, th- this podcast is going to be edited for explicitness. <laughs> um, With that, but yeah, PB and J. Um, as a kid, how about when you used to leave school for the doctor's appointment? come back with that little mcdonald's yeah meal. you're coming back with a fucking happy meal <laughs> that was for me the the two cheeseburger meal i guess it's like the number nine. Oh, i'm aware at mcdonald's I, fr- I frequent that one Still. or this is true we frequented it on sunday <laughs> that or if it's at like a at a wendy's the spicy chicken sandwich or the classic chicken sandwich at Burger Yeah, King. but the chicken nuggets as a kid, the Wendy's chicken nuggets, I was I, big on those. I was on the sandwich game as a, oh, okay. as a young lad. Yeah, I was always a, a fan of the chicken nuggies. Chicken nuggies with some sweet and sour sauce. Yeah. Um, what, what else? Um, I would say like the one staple of my childhood from like when you say school lunch, like I automatically uh, go to the, the milk carton. Yes. And uh, I used to get the chocolate milk one. I did too. Clover. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Clover Farms. I or still taste it is. the cardboard to this day. Mm, that's preservatives. You should get that checked out. <laughs> I got a PCP down the road that could probably help you out. Yeah. Well, if it's the one that, <laughs> if, the, if it's the one that was previously uh, mentioned with your gout, I think I'll pass. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to this day, I still. Don't know if I can properly open the milk carton, and I still taste the cardboard every time. So, so yes, so those were phenomenal in elementary school. In middle school, we grew up to the it was like two thirty five, and you had a punch card, and they would make pizza bagels. Oh wow, that were delightful. It was only on Fridays. I do what so. So if we're going to do school lunches and also regular lunches, like pizza bagels and bagel bites, like definitely a top like kid lunch. Definitely for sure. top kid lunch. And then we would have in elementary school, we had like uh, like either Taco Tuesday or Taco Wednesdays where you could get like three or five tacos. Right. And it was so good. They, they were like the really shitty tacos. What kind of fucking school are you going to? You know. They had like a bagel day once a week at my school, and it was like a cream cheese or butter bagel. Like you would pick. that. Like that was that was like a special lunch. There was a pizza day. They would get pizza. I had that in elementary school. Yeah. But but yeah. Last thing I'll add on, on school lunches, um, the half and half – vanilla chocolate ice cream cup with the wooden spoon like you talk about tasting like the cardboard from the milk carton i definitely taste that wooden spoon so to this day so did you get the did the ice cream come on your pizza day or was it a different day uh i think i don't remember i i think it was like fridays like it was like a friday thing So, so ours only came on the pizza days what a day what a day by the way that's like that's like a hyped day. Like you definitely woke up going to school. Like I'm getting pizza and ice cream. Fuck yeah. It was the highlight of my adolescence. <laughs> um, 
the the pro tip there instead of using the the cardboard or that wooden stick use the pizza crust oh no what yeah you get the sweet and salty it's amazing no i'm out on this what listen it's okay i guess that's a definitely a kid thing uh yeah it is my third grade self would I mean, listen, fight you to the death. Over I mean, that. I mean, listen. If you still, if you still put that uh, that ice cream package in front of me, I'm I would fucking house that. Absolutely, thing. yeah, for it, sure. It's childhood. Now, some things that we didn't bring up during this little segment: mm-hmm. no cold cut lunches. No, I yeah, I had a I was big on cold. I always had a ham. I always had a ham and cheese sandwich with with a little lettuce. Mine was predominantly ham and yellow mustard. Yeah, or oh. turkey and mayo. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was I was a picky eater growing up. I wasn't a big brown mustard fan at the time. Oh my god, Listen, you were definitely a nightmare. That came until I was definitely what a nightmare. No, I was just picky. No, I know, no, I know, I know your mother. I ate everything. You were a nightmare. <laughs> We'll, well, well I don't think it's a, it's not a Mount Rushmore lunch. Like cold cut lunch was like, eh, okay. It was, like listen, no kid is is hyped for a, a cold cut sandwich, and it's basic cold cuts when you're a child. No yeah. one's getting prosciutto mozzarella sandwiches when they're ten years old. No, okay. The, the best though was after like somebody's like baptism or communion or Super Bowl Sunday when they hosted it at your house. And you got to bring like the six foot long sub slices. In oh the next yeah, day. well, because that was game changer. I mean, that's different. That was anything away from Wonder Bread was like good. <laughs> that was like the height of of children's lunches. Yeah. Did you have some other honorable mentions? I think that the occasional. I tried to make Italian sandwiches as I got older. <laughs> it was mostly like. Turkey, hot ham, and maybe salami if we had it on like yeah, like what, on a like good the day. one piece of salami left, and just like it was called sub sauce. I don't know who makes it. I don't know what it looks like. It was effectively oil Italian vinegar dressing. and Italian uh, like Italian spices, seasoning at yeah. the bottom. Yeah, interesting. If there's one, th- I'll close the segment out by saying this. Mayo does not go on an Italian sub. That's all I have to say about that. I uh, I don't know if I agree in all situations. Uh, not up for debate. Not up for debate. It absolutely is up for debate. No, it's not. It absolutely is. Disgusting. It is not the predominant. No, it doesn't go. Condiment. You put oil and vinegar on an Italian sub. Not mayo. You can put both. No, you can't. That's you a, absolutely that's, can. That's a horrible Americanized okay. thing to an Italian sub, for sure. But I really want to move on to our next topic because I don't even know where the fuck you're really going with this. All of a sudden, I'm looking over our, our show sheet here, and I see a simple question. What constitutes a sport? And I don't know where you're going with this, just from our relationship I have maybe a slight idea of where you're going with this, but please elaborate a little bit here. So I was having a conversation the other day. Okay. About, you know, what makes a sport. Right now, this wasn't like a super intense conversation like the one we're about to enter into. But I think that as time goes on, and as people continue to watch baseball, they're sitting there and they're thinking, you know what? I don't really know if this is a sport. Like you sit underground for a while while you wait for your turn I to swing a stick and interrupt two this. people having to catch. Um, you know, what else constitutes a sport? Does fishing constitute a sport? Is chess a sport? Is it? No, those are hobbies. Is it a competition? What about what, what makes those a, a hobby over a sport? There's not like there's nothing athletic about it. About fishing? what's athletic about chess? I think that the I don't hard... think fishing's athletic. So then, why is baseball athletic? Because it's a sport. Because it involves a ball, two teams. It involves rosters. There's specific positions. It, like. Like, okay, so is fencing a sport? Yeah, it is sport. What, so why is fencing a sport if there aren't positions? 
Because because or it's it's, it's an roster. athletic act. It's in the Olympics. So is ping pong. I don't know if I consider ping pong a sport. It's it's it requires athletic movement and hand eye coordination. Okay, is hunting a sport? Again, doesn't require athletic movement. Requires hand eye coordination, you don't but think, not athletic. You movement. don't think that tracking, no, aiming, no. shooting—it's in the hand the, eye coordination. The biathlons in the Olympics. Hand eye coordination. The biathlons in the Olympics. Yeah, Ar- but archery's th- in the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. You may have gotten me there. Archery is not a sport. Okay. It's in the Olympics. I know. I know. It shouldn't be in the Olympics. What do you mean it shouldn't be in the Olympics? It totally should be in the Olympics. Why? It's not a sport. It requires some level of physical exertion and accuracy. Okay. So fine. What, why is baseball not a sport? Like, like, what's your definition of a sport then? A younger a, – a, the definition of, of a sport for me is something that requires a degree of an either or tread lightly here accuracy or physical exertion are you kidding throwing a strike swing and hitting a ball does not require accuracy that's two people having a catch while somebody with a stop weapon tries stop to stop no this is strictly to annoy me now it, it's working you're so wrong about this well by that definition baseball would be considered a sport I'm explaining that, but I also think that by that definition, fishing would be considered a sport. Fly fishing requires both a great Don't change deal the of subject. You brought this up. We're talking about sports. No, don't change the subject. You, you brought, brought this baseball. up. You brought this up because this is exactly what you wanted. I know you. You were going to start saying baseball is not a sport. It's not. Which is so ridiculous. And yet somehow we're sitting here talking about how it's not one. So it I is think a sport. I won. You just gave the definition of a sport, and baseball exceeds both of those things. Those Sounds criteria. Like you're trying to come up with an argument as to why it's not a sport. Regardless, I think that fishing is still considered a sport. Wrong. How hobby? How? Go ahead. It's on going. Fox Sports Fine. One. I'm sorry. I'll, it's on Fox right. Sports One. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Keep going. Keep going. I think cornhole's a sport. I think bocce's a sport. <laughs> I think darts is a sport. All of those require a level of accuracy and physical exertion. No, they don't. Physical exertion? Yeah. Darts. You're not breaking a sweat necessarily. But there requires a level of – it is more than just a mental game. Both of those. So I would say chess, not a sport. I would say tic-tac-toe. Why? Why not? Physical exertion. It's not You're lifting up the chess piece. No, because what you are doing is you are calling a location on a grid for where it goes. Knight to queen seven is essentially means that it has to go from one place to the next. Cornhole, you can miss the board and that impacts where, where it goes. If you miss the chess board, outside of the fact that there's probably a really <laughs> sad chance that you have like a degenerative muscular issue, like you can still play that just by like saying, oh, that goes there. Whereas with darts, with cornhole, and I'll say it, toss across, that requires both a physical and an accurate I mean, action. I, I really don't know how I can argue with you. Like, Because I'm right. You're so wrong. How am I wrong? You're so wrong and you're so stubborn you don't even see that you're wrong. How am I wrong? You're being ridiculous. Give me an example where I'm wrong based upon the definition I gave you. Why is that's not who says that's the official definition? I because I came up with it. I I forced you to contradict yourself by giving me the definition of a sport. I gave you the definition, and then of that sport. baseball meets that criteria, and you said baseball wasn't a sport. Yeah, that's to piss you off. No, but you truly believe that, which is really upset. I think that in the most perfect sense of a perfect game, which is twenty-seven strikeouts and all pitches are strikes, that it's just somebody interrupting a game of catch. Yeah. Sure. Whatever you say. Um, the definition that I gave is a flawless definition. It's it's good. It's good, but like anything you can really play with one hand while holding a beer, darts, air hockey, cornhole. Listen, I do I freak I love these these games. You can play football with games. one hand too if you really want to stretch no, it. No, not with a beer. 
They're, these are games. Maybe you can't. These are those of us who are athletic. These are games. They're not sports. They're games. There's a difference. They call them bar games. There's literally a category of bar games, and it's darts, it's pool. And yet somehow they're on ESPN. Because ESPN needs to fill a lot of time. When you only show sports, you have to fill a lot of time. Uh, I'm sorry. Have you not seen Around the Horn? They have show poker. Seen, wait, wait, wait a second. They show poker. Is poker a sport? That's a good question. I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, oh, that's what I thought. It's not a fun Don't sport. Oh, that's what I thought. I backed you into a corner and you came out with one potential sliver. No, no because it's no. on Bravo. A sliver. That's a big fucking crack. Right there in your theory. No. I would not consider poker a sport. But it's on ESPN. I think it's also on Bravo. It's on ESPN. It's also on Bravo. You don't see cornhole on Bravo. It's not coming up after below deck. You've got like. Why why does it matter if it's on Bravo? Your point was, well, cornhole is a sport. Clearly because it's on ESPN. So it starts. You just made that argument. You just made that argument. The argument that I made was that it requires both accuracy and physical exertion. You're trying to twist my words. No, physical exertion is a very, very vague definition. Physical exertion where you have to – when I say physical exertion in darts, you have to actually throw the dart. And where it lands, just as with a pitcher, just as with a bowler, just as with a bocce ball thrower. I don't think bowling is a sport either. Bowling is a game. Bowling requires both accuracy and physical. It's a game. No. There's a professional association for it. No, it's a game. How? It's it's there's even a team there. <sighs> to me, I just don't think I don't know. I don't know how bowling, I guess, could be borderline, but I to me that's like that's a game. It's not a sport. You know what? One of these Pete's picks, I'm gonna pick bowling. Yeah. Well, Let, let's do it. this because in an effort to get the uh, the people to to interact with us a little bit more, we're going to put up a poll as okay. to who has a who is more accurate about what a sport is. Me or you? Yeah. Based upon my de- my definition. Okay. Fair. Depending on what the people vote on. What do you say that the winner gets to come up with a penalty for the loser or with a, the equivalent of a last place trophy punishment? Fine. For being wrong. Because you're because yeah, I don't know how I don't know how I could be wrong. I don't know how you could call all those things a sport. Because they require fishing. Accurate. Fishing, folks. Fishing. A leisurely activity that you do with your uncle. For those of us who have watched, uh, I don't know, any deep sea fishing TV show that requires a crap ton of physical activity, on top of that, you have the competition. Okay. You're, just because there's a competition doesn't make it a sport. Yeah. I recognize the Pinewood Derby is not one. Yeah. So, fine. Can't we'll, leave it to the, we'll leave it to the people. That's fine. I, I, agree, to your, I agree to your bet. Um, and you know what? If you have a good idea as to what the punishment should be, let's hear it. Sure. But I raise I, I, I raise your bet and let's move right over to Pete's picks. Let's close this fucking thing out because now you've agitated me. I don't even know. Sassy pants. Very annoyed at the moment. Um, before we do our picks, we're going to do next time you hear us, the Masters will have started. So just real quick, I like Justin Thomas at 12 to 1. Ping, you got a pick. I'm I'm pulling for a Patrick Cantlay at 22 to one. I like those odds. Very good. All right, go ahead, Pinger. Lead us off because I did I did win a bet, but still I will I will go second. So last week, the faithful listeners or the faithful listeners, we went one and one. I don't know what happened. Uh, SMU really just beat the crap out of Navy. So that was a big one. Uh, however, the UCF Houston over did not happen. I told you. I told you don't bet the big overs. You, it's Two a lose nights, lose. No, no, I call fluke. Two nights before the game, I, I, I don't understand how this happened. It's still contrary to logic. Okay. Four of the UCF def- starting defensive players 
got arrested for like joyriding at night. And apparently some of them had like, some had unregistered guns, other had registered guns, but they were registered in the wrong state. Mm -hmm. So four of their starting defensemen could not play. You would expect more points with a shit defense and four of your starters gone, right? Like a quarter of your, or a third of your team. You would expect more points. No, they put up like 28 fucking points. Oh boy. Houston. There's no way that that ever should have happened. Inexcusable. Taking a break from the UCF train. I got one game for us this week, and it's going to be a question. Dialing it back? Dialing it back. I looked at the board. I didn't see a whole lot that I liked. Ultimately, I think I really want to take whatever the over is of the Ohio State game. Ohio State Rutgers. Ohio State Rutgers. We we cannot bet that in New Jersey because Rutgers. We're going to have to make a call. Yeah. Um. In that game, though, I think the spread's like 24 and a half. You know what? Fuck it. We're going to take Ohio State with the over in that game. I have no faith in Rutgers at all. I just don't think that they have the opportunity to get it done. Okay. The second game, we're going to be uh, continuing to ride Coach Hugh Freeze uh, for Liberty. So this one, I just want to say you crushed it with Liberty last time you picked them. For you who don't remember – the Liberty coach is the one who coached literally from like a hospital bed. Yes. Like in like the press box. <laughs> coach from the hospital bed was the Ole Miss coach back when they were beating uh, Nick Saban at Alabama and Chad Kelly was their quarterback and Laramie Thompson or Laramie Tunsil hadn't smoked weed out of a gas mask. Gas mask. Yeah. The good old days. They're playing Virginia Tech. The spread is 14 and a half with Liberty as the underdogs. I'm going Liberty plus 14 and a half on this. Okay. Mr. Canero, talk to us. Yeah. So uh, went one and one last week. We won with Ohio State. Listen, I th- that was probably like, wh- like one of the best analytical breakdowns that I've had. It was solid. It's so true. Like, I'm telling you, like, they play that game three weeks from now. Like, that's like a, at least Ohio State minus 20 and a half. Yes, absolutely. So, you got some good value there. Um, and then my loss, believe it or not, kind of like a, a similar situation. So, I gave out, we, we, do, we film this on, on Thursday nights. If you don't know that, we film that, we, we record this on Thursday nights. So, I gave out Browns Raiders over and i said easy money well what i didn't know was that there was a torrential (laughs) rainstorm and windstorm oh no happening that sunday oh no so i think there i think the game was literally like six to six in the third like in the fourth quarter that's when you got to check in with lee goldberg before making these picks yeah so i'm sorry guys i I didn't know that, but I have two good ones for you this week. Okay. We got the Ravens. You're basically getting a pick them here with the Ravens. Yeah. Ravens minus one and a half at the Colts. Listen, the Colts are like a decent team, but the Ravens are great. And the Ravens are coming off a really hard game against the Steelers that they lost. They're going to be chomping at the bit. And listen, Phil Rivers is like 90 years old. So that's an easy that's an easy one. And then Cardinals. My 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 team, the Cardinals, fucking killing it for me this year. Taking the Cardinals minus four over the Dolphins. Um I like that pick. I had the Dolphins and the Bengals in a money line parlay that paid very handsomely last week, two underdogs. But it was very much a smoke and mirror wins by the Dolphins last week. They had a special teams touchdown. I think they had a defensive touchdown. I think they had like two other fumbles, like just crazy game by their defense against the Rams. That's not fucking happening again. Yeah, and Tua didn't look good. Tua didn't look good. So I'm taking those separate Ravens minus one and a half over the Colts and Cardinals minus four over the Dolphins. Probably parlaying them too. But anyway, on that note, we love you. 
We appreciate you coming back. And again, DM us, follow us on Instagram at Pete's in a podcast. Hit us up on our Gmail. Pete's in a podcast podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what's a sport, what's not a sport. Fishing is not a sport. Fishing's totally a sport. And we'll we'll see you next week.